Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene, whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it. Call now, 994-1017. That's 994-1017 to get into all the action. Now, here is your host, David Swope. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. That means it's time for the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm your host, David Swope, and we'll be talking about automotive and related motorsports activities around the state and on the national scene. Whether it has two wheels or four, asphalt or dirt track racing, off-road or park and shine, we'll be talking about it. This is New Mexico's only show devoted to motorsports-related activities here on ESPN Radio uh, 101.7 of the teams. We've got a, got a full house this morning. The whole gang's here. Uh, welcome Spencer Hill and, of course, uh, R.J. Lees and uh, Dan behind the glass. Hey, uh, Dan, you got to keep me uh, keep me apprised of that uh, that solar powered uh, race car because uh, that thing's really interesting for Map State. Yeah, man, they're in the middle of the American Solar Challenge right now. They just uh, started heading out to Oregon, and I'll be in touch with those guys, and maybe we'll even have one of them on the show to talk about it. Well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it because I mean, we just heard a commercial coming in, you know, from the uh, uh, Toyota being the the leader in uh, electrification of cars. And definitely uh, a lot of talk about that as to, uh, you know, how people feel about it. Um, and, uh, Spencer, thanks for coming in this morning. You told me uh, you got to do some uh, burnouts uh, yesterday in that, uh, what is it, uh, Indian Outlaw. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, everybody that knows me knows I've been going to the drag strip a little bit this year with the Plant family. And uh, George is going to go take his blazer out later on this evening. And we got to go do a couple little... Test runs at a secure location. Yeah, well, <laughs> securely his neighborhood. But anyway, uh, no, I mean, did you did you take it anywhere, or was that you just no? Kinda, that's okay, exactly right. where it is. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> just the, up and down the street. Did a couple launches, <laughs> uh, and that thing's going to be pretty fast tonight. So look for it. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in here in a few minutes on yep. the Unser Racing Museum event calendar. But looking forward to it. Haven't really seen too many trucks go down the quarter mile, so mm-hmm. that's going to be cool. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the uh, the Southwest Truck Fest here in just a second. Uh, but uh, the leeway into that was the sound, um, and and of course, you know, we can't dispute the uh, the instant power that comes with electrification. Uh, but the culture around racing and that sound, I, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to to deal with that. Yeah, and a couple people have dipped their toes into it as well, so. It, it's very odd. Uh, I'll start with that. And I'm not necessarily a fan yet. I know that everything's going that way. We're going to be forced to like it, I think, at some point. But uh, for me, it's very different because yeah. here you go from basically listening to the motor to to guide your run. And now you're listening to the tires. You're listening to the air moving around the vehicle. So you're listening to the brakes if you're doing something besides uh, drag racing. So, a uh, very different atmosphere, but it's something that is inevitable. I, I think that that's a great word that I know that Robert Costa used a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. Yep. Uh, it, it's just, it's inevitable. Whether you like it or not, it's probably going to happen here in the next 30 years. So, uh, I guess if you're like 80 years old, you ain't have to worry about it. But other than that, <laughs> it's coming. Well, I, I just did breathe a sigh of relief because, you know, 30 years from now, I, I will be 80, uh, in my 80s. So I was like, whew, 
Okay, I don't have to worry about it right away. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and get into the Unser Racing Museum event calendar. Um, RJ, thank you uh, for all your work on it. Um, I'm just going to throw out uh, Roswell going on uh, today. You got the Auto X uh, races going on, and their cars and coffee uh, gates open at 6 p.m. They start running. Um, they got pro, advanced, intermediate, and beginner. Interesting way to do their classes, uh, kind of based on speed, which we're also going to talk about with Albuquerque Dragway in just a second. Uh, as a matter of fact, just tell us what's going on with that Southwest Truck Fest. Yeah, so what's going on at Sandia Speedway they have this weekend is this is the Truck Fest and or Sandia Albuquerque Speedway. Dragway. I apologize. Yes, yep. Albuquerque Dragway. So yesterday it was their famous Yearwood Performance Street to Strip, yep. and they have everything planned up for today being the Southwest uh, Truck Fest, where it's a test and tune event, and they're also going to have like these index classes that are like available that you can also be a part of. But it's going to be open from 4 to 11, so a great full day event with, a, I mean, everywhere from 10.5 to 14.5 index racing. So a lot of different options, a lot of great racing that you can see on the truck for sure. You know, another track I found, uh, Arroyo Seco down in Deming is doing some drag racing. Um, and uh, I guess they got one next weekend with their gates open at 5 o'clock. Um, it's only 10 bucks down there in, in uh, Deming, I think. Uh, it's like five bucks for a spectator, ten dollars for a pit pass, twenty bucks for drivers. So, uh, if, if that's pretty fair, yeah. If you're listening down south, it sounds like a sounds like a heck of a deal. But uh, you started to mention Sandia Speedway, so let's let's talk a little dirt track. What's going on at Sandia? Sure enough, no. So they have an event that's going on today. That's actually going to be the Dynamite Dash. That's going to be at the Clay Oval, where it's going to have Clay Oval racing for the 360 wing sprints, X mod street stocks. Cruisers and the NMDA flat tracks motorcycles are all going to be there. And cars are going to take the track at around 6.30. So the gates are going to be open around 4. Go out there. Have a good time with a bunch of different racing out there. It's India for sure. So, uh, Spencer, uh, I was wondering with Hal Burns Racing, um, what what are they running? Because um, I know they run the non-wing, but what are, what are they running with the wing class? So they are unique because they actually have a 305 and a 360 motor. So oh, okay. they... They're able to go down south and run the Vado division, as well as that Lucas Oil Power Eye uh, Desert Series that it runs all around the state. And, of course, we've talked to Gary Gwynn about that before. Great series. Uh, their whole gig is once a month they do a two-day show at a racetrack around the state. Or next week, for example, or maybe it's even... No, it's next week. Excuse me. Uh, I see. I'm already getting so confused. Right. July's flying by. Yep. So next week they're going to be in Amarillo. And that's oh. going to be a cool show for them. And after that, they go to Aztec and then Vado. Awesome. Well, uh, Hal Burns Racing, of course, they uh, they help out the show. And, of course, Dave Burns and the team. we got to get Caleb on, uh, Caleb Sice, and find out um, how things have been going um, with him. But going on out at uh, Vado Speedway, you mentioned Vado Speedway. Uh, they got racing tonight. It's the, it's the Mesilla Valley Trucking Night. Awesome. Uh, racing starts at 7.30, gates open at 5. They don't have any sprints on uh, this one, though. they got the USRA stock cars, modifieds, B-mods, pure stocks, and super trucks. Um, what's going on at Alien? So Alien is going to have uh, a great event going on where it's going to be the July. It's it's the 4th of July pretty much celebration. They had last week off, but it's going to be a fireworks celebration that they have where they're going to have the USRA stock cars, hobby stocks, they're going to have the AMS Bombers and the Deans Cubby Junior Cyclones, as well as in, 
of the Inex Legends. So it's going to have a bunch of different variants out there. They're going to have a good time. It's part of their championship racing series. But the biggest fireworks show in Roswell is happening today at Alien Speedway. Oh, well, there you go. I, they might have been rained out. I, I think is why maybe they didn't have uh, have the fireworks last weekend. Now, Uranium, looks like they're having um, an event tomorrow. Yeah, so Uranium, it, they were rained out last week. So oh, that's okay. the reason for it. But Uranium... They have a cool event where they have going on where it is their their Independence Day blowout. It's a special event that they had where it's a makeup day. So it's going to be from 2 to 6, Sunday, July 10th. That was postponed to the rate, but they're going to have a lot of great racing out there. And we always try to give a shout out to all the different racetracks, including Radium. And that's unique because, as you said, last week was rained out. So what they did is they had a lot of car count in the pit area last awesome. week for that event. So when the rain out happened, everybody was really bummed out because Uranium Capital Speedway is just a great track. Mm-hmm. I mean, the facility is really, really old, to be blunt about it, but the racetrack is fantastic. So all the racers and all the faculty over there came together, and they agreed that Sunday would work out best because anybody else could go race Saturday night around the state and then come back and make a two-day show out of it once again. So yeah. uh, if you haven't heard already, go back over to Uranium Capital Speedway tomorrow, and you can get another two-day show out of it this weekend. Oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, and that's a smart way to make it up. That's kind of what the drag strip did last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, um, uh, why they gave out some wallies um, on Sunday and turned to Firecracker National as a three-day event. Uh, quick shout-out, Moriarty MX, uh, Sunday Fun Day. Uh, prep day uh, tomorrow, and then July 13th. Uh, looks like they're going to have a Wednesday evening practice, um, so mark your calendar for that. But we do got a whole lot more coming up on the other side, including we're going to talk a little uh, Noah Gregson um, and basically the uh, the points, uh, the fines that he got. Uh, you've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 101.7, the team. Hey, race fans, this is NASCAR team owner, Coach Joe Gibbs. You're listening to David Swope on New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio, 101.7, The Team. Hey, Albuquerque, this is Daniel Hemrick. You're listening to New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio, 101.7, The Team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And we got some breaking news. What do you got, Spence? (laughs) All right, guys. The first domino has fallen over at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and it is in the form of raindrops. Xfinity qualifying canceled for today. Cup qualifying is still going to be on, though. Ty Gibbs will be on the pole for the Xfinity race. Josh Berry beside him. That lineup is now going to be set by the metric, which is the lowest score to highest score. And essentially, it's going to be the reverse order of how they were set to go out to qualify. So once again, Xfinity Series qualifying canceled today over at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ty Gibbs on the pole. Josh Berry going to be outside pole. Well, and last week, uh, Road America, uh, also Ty Gibbs coming away with what I consider a big victory. Um, I mean, beating Kyle Larson, 
Uh, and of course, Kyle had a, a sizable lead uh, until we had uh, uh, had an accident. Um, who is well, who is it that hit the uh, the barrier that brought that out? Was that Kyle, was that Cole Custer? I um, believe it was. Yeah, and so uh, Cole um, hit there, brought out a green white checkered. Um, quite a battle, uh, a little bumping, and of course, Spencer and I once again both disagree um, on uh, whether Larson should have put the bumper back to Gibbs. But anyway, uh, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the other thing that happened during the race uh, with Noah Gregson. So we got some audio on that right now. Noah Gregson was part of that incident on lap 25, and Sage Karam, after he got out of the race, wasn't very complimentary of you. Said you drove right into him. What's your take on what happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the, he forgot the three times he would throw it off in the corner, door us, and run us off the racetrack. So. Um, eventually you get sick and tired of it. Um, I hate people's stuff got torn up, but, um, I mean, three times is a bit ridiculous just today and then not including, including the past. So, um, you know, I take responsibility. I hate it for his guys, but, uh, you know, we're fighting, fighting to, to race for a championship here and, um, just really over getting run over. So, um, big thanks to, Johnny Morris at Bass Pro Shops, Rusty Sellers at True Timber, everybody at, at Black Rifle Coffee. It's, uh, it's a tough race. Um, you know, I wasn't sure on the strategy there. Um, if we had another set, maybe come down and take another set there at the end. But, uh, you know, we'll move on from it and uh, go to the next one. Sounds like you got Sage back for other incidents at, during other races. Does the beast stop here? It's over it to me. Like... He starts it. I, I'm the one who finished, you know, so we're good. No, Gregson, he finishes eighth here this afternoon. All right. Well, uh, I think those are some uh, pretty famous words uh, from almost any driver uh, would be, well, it's over with me because, of course, you're the guy that spun him, right? Uh, joining us now with the racing experts is Jonathan Field. How you Ooh. doing, man? Doing good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fantastic. So, uh uh, what a little bit of uh, your thoughts on the uh, the incident with Noah Gregson? Yeah, it was a wild incident. I mean, it took out something like fifteen or sixteen cars out of the race. Um, notably, it took out both the Alpha Prime cars, of course, Sage Karam, who uh, was driving for them, and then it also took out the two colleague cars. Of course, AJ went on and had a pretty respectable finish, but colleague is significant because. That is who Noah is driving for this weekend, and actually he had to make amends. He had to go to the shop and apologize to everybody there. Uh, he's got a lot to lose, and mm-hmm. it was surprising to see this move because he's had an otherwise really good season, a couple wins early on, and, you know, making a move like that, I, I think a lot of us were very surprised. Well, and I, I think you can look at his boss, um, at how surprised that uh, Dale Jr. was. Uh, Dale Jr. Uh, basically commenting on the fact that NASCAR didn't make a call on that um, during the race. Um, and if he was there, he would he would have parked him. Uh, eventually, of course, NASCAR came out with a, a ruling: thirty points uh, deducted from him, thirty points for the team, um, and thirty five thousand uh, dollars. Which, uh, I, from what uh, Dale Jr. and Kelly have said this week, uh, sounds to me like uh, Noah's going to be writing that check. Uh, they're not going to be covering it uh, for him, but what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the impact there? Is that is that one of those things where he should, maybe should have kept his mouth shut, or uh, what do you what do you think on that? 
I think it's a moment where, you know, Noah Gregson's going to learn that maybe next time I get in that situation, I just take a deep breath, just pass it off, just keep going. Uh, instead of, you know, making a move like what he made, and that's what Sage Care might not comment on is, you know, when you're in these cars, you can't make moves like that, especially where they were on the track where it was such a blind area for the spotters. It was, you know, right underneath one of the bridges, and it, they can't really see that well. So it put a lot of people in a dangerous situation. So I think the penalty was good, you know, especially with, you know, JRM saying you got to pay it, your, you know, the fine yourself. But also I think, too, maybe some playoff points would have been good to include as well if they really wanted to hit him with something because he didn't get penalized any playoff points. He maintained his point standing with what they gave him. So I think penalizing playoff points, you know, kind of showing, hey, we're going to take away the equivalent of, like, two stage wins or a mm. win, you know, don't do this in the future to really get that message across. So here, here's what I want to know, Jonathan. It, if you're NASCAR in the tower, you have a lot of pressure on your back in this instance. You you see the footage, you see what's going on, but it's very difficult to make a decision at that very moment. A lot of people all over Twitter, especially, uh, especially if you've been listening to Sirius all week, have been really upset that NASCAR didn't do something that very moment, didn't park him for three laps, didn't do something as a reaction right after that wreck that it was deemed intentional. Do you feel like NASCAR made the right decision there by waiting and making sure that they understood the situation in full? Or do you feel like in the future, this is an instance where no matter what happens, that driver should be parked? I, I would agree that they made the right decision because, you know, the NBC booth pointed out as well, you know, maybe he had a mechanical issue. You know, maybe something went wrong with his car and caused him to make contact. You know, you just don't know until the end, until you gather the facts and uh, look at it. And I think NASCAR did a good job. It's hard. It's very hard. I do not envy the NASCAR officials when they're making the decisions like that. But I think they made a good decision in this case to just wait and see instead of, you know, parking him and telling him, you know, you're done for the day. Because it wasn't as clear-cut as we've seen, say, like a Matt Kenseth to Joey Logano or, a, you know, Kyle Busch to Ron Hornady Jr. where they could park someone right, right away. So I think they made a good decision. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's an excellent um, question, Spencer, um, because, you know, when I, when I looked at it, it could have been it could have been a mechanical, um, and, uh, and there was a lot of pushing and shoving, and the way he kind of darted back up on the track. I mean, it, it could have. Uh, you're smirking because you probably – you probably know, boys. It's on the straightaway. <laughs> all, right. all right. Okay. Well. All right. So let's let's get to something else because once again we'll agree to disagree. Um, Road America is, I mean, wonderful race. I, I thought it was fantastic. To, the last two races there um, on the Fourth of July, the whole America in the name of the track, uh, but yet might get sent to the side uh, because Chicago is inching closer and closer and closer to getting a street race, which I am also excited to see, um, but. When you look at the schedule, I mean, where else are you going to give, you know? And, uh, and of course, you know, it is a business and they need to move forward. Um, what are the chances that uh, you think Road America is going to be the track that gives up for Chicago to have a road race? 
I think it's unfortunately high uh, for Road America to vacate the schedule and for Chicago Street Course to come in. You know, we saw the report from Adam Stern saying that Road America likely would be the track. And I think NASCAR recognizes, too, that they've kind of reached that sweet spot with how many road course races they want on the schedule, especially when you look at, from a ratings aspect, you know, TV ratings are paramount in the sport, the road course races tend to get some of the lowest ratings of the whole year for races. Mm. So I don't think NASCAR wants to saturate the schedule too much with road course races, and I think they've found that sweet five or six amount that they want to stick with. And sadly, I think Road America might get cut. I think it's unfortunate, personally, just because of, the attendance they get, the hype that's around this event, at the event, uh, it, it's unfortunate. But I do see where the prospect of a Chicago street course is going to be really good. NASCAR and one of the top markets in the U.S. and trying out a street course, but I, I do not blame them for wanting to give that a try at all. Hey, Jonathan, where can the listeners follow you? You can follow me at uh, Jonathan. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N underscore Fjeld, F-J-E-L-D on Twitter. And uh, you can look me up on Facebook as well. All right. Well, hey, thank you for your time and uh, uh, hope to see you uh, down the road soon. For sure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right. That's uh, Jonathan Fjeld. And uh, you can check him out at theracingexperts.com. All right, we've got a whole lot more coming up on the other side, including we're, we're going to talk a little fireworks. That's right, the Firecracker Nationals. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Boogity, boogity, boogity. This is Earl Walter, three-time NASCAR champion, and you're listening to David Swope on the New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with David Swope, the fastest radio host in the West. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And, of course, uh, last weekend uh, was the Firecracker Nationals three-day event, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, of course, we talked about the uh, track record being broken uh, last weekend uh, by uh, Robert Gallegos. Um, and just a, just a quick reminder, I, w- I was over at Yearwood uh, yesterday um, and, uh, th- there's a couple of, there's a couple of, uh, inventory items that, uh, look really low. Uh, but for the most part, they look, they look pretty stocked. So I think if you're uh, looking for some parts, uh, don't worry. I think your wood's got it. Um, and if not, of course, they can, uh, research and get it for you. Since 1968, your wood has been getting it done, uh, with all your, uh, go fast parts, knowledge of what to use and how to use it. Uh, got Torco racing fuel. As a matter of fact, I think they're, uh, uh, up to 14 different types in five-gallon uh, containers. Uh, 341 Eubank, that's just west of I-40. Of course, yearwoodperformance.com. Uh, but I got some audio, actually, uh, on Saturday. Uh, before the finals, let's uh, let's take a listen to both Robert Gallegos 
Um, and then we'll go into Mike Keenan. So I'm with Robert Gallegos. You uh, broke the track record yesterday. Tell us a little bit about that run. Well, we went uh, 409. Uh, car was, you know, hooking up, went straight down till about 400 feet till after we came off the concrete and broke traction, started to shake. So we got out of it and, you know, coasted through at 154 miles an hour. Um, if that wanted to happen, we'd have probably, well, not probably, we would have went somewhere, you know, in the 90s, 390s. And now, um, you know, most important thing to me is we have a PDRA schedule that we're number three in points, Midwest, and, you know, we're just going to save the save the car. And, you know, I don't know if we'll go for that 390. If it, if it gives it to us, we'll take it. If not, we're, we're here to take home the trophy so let, we'll see how that goes do you think the track the track has a four uh, sub second run in it it does but it's gonna what it's gonna take is some time to work with the car and test and unfortunately we didn't get any of that all the other tracks we go to we'll get there a day early we'll test for a day and we yesterday we just went straight into elimination yeah or qualifying yeah um so we had some time to work with it and the weather cooperated yes you know th that plays a big difference once the winds come and you get all that sand on the track it, it's no good for any of us are you, are you out of albuquerque or uh, santa fe or santa fe, santa fe. Yeah. is this your first time in a uh, pro mod no but we well i've done all types of racing uh i'm new in pro mod this is we're a year and a half into it um but we're we're making some good success i have all the help from you know Proline, all my guys, Grant O'Rourke, Lee White, they're, they're the best in the business. So that's we're kind of on. They have me on an accelerated learning curve. So I'm here with uh, Mike Keen. So you had a, a 4.25 qualified second. Do you think there's a, a sub four second run out there this weekend? Well, the only one that's possible to do it is uh, Gallegos. He's the only one that'll do it this weekend. Our cars are all capable of that. But They've got a good grasp on it. They race a lot. It, sh it shines today because of Tell us a little bit about your car. It's actually an older uh, Troy Coughlin Zola Pro Mod. So it's, uh, he campaigned it through 2012 to 2015. I bought it in 16, and we don't race much. It's here and there, some radio stuff. Mom's like, yeah. So have you competed much in Albuquerque with the Pro Mods? We have here and there. With this car, it's probably been out like maybe four times. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough track, and you got to race it to, to get good at it. So it's tough. it's tough. Tell us about the power plant. It's got a 521-inch uh, Proline Hemi, uh, pair of 102 turbos on it, fuel tech, roster, tranny, all the normal stuff that goes along with these cars. Awesome. So what do you, what do you think your top time might be? Well, we can go threes. There's no doubt we got enough car to do it. It's all in the approach and coming out here and racing it, and that's how you get fast. Well, you had a better reaction time than, than Robert. You think you think you got a little quicker in yet? Yeah, well, we can cut a light when we have to. Um, that's what it's going to come down to. That's the only chance I have at this point. You know, we'll try and go a team. Uh, he's already been a O, so see how it plays out you know if we both even make it to the finals you know <laughs> well that's true you gotta you gotta make it to do that yep well you can hear a little bit of wind you can hear some motors that's the cool thing is uh, i was interviewing a guy who goes uh 
just I mean right off the uh, the the lane into off lane seven um, into the track, and of course uh, 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 Keen ends up getting it done. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, what confuses people is uh, Gallegos ran a four point one seven eight three to um, to uh, Kean's four point two five five three, but yet he comes away with the victory um, on a whole shot. Uh, Spencer, talk a little bit about uh, a whole shot and and how that affects the 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 uh, total elapsed time down the track. So we hear the term whole shot in a lot of different forms of racing. Uh, you hear it primarily in drag racing and motocross, yep. but essentially it is the first person to get off the line and get through basically that first 60 feet. Yeah. And as you said, it's possible, rare, but it's possible to get off the line first, have a better ET, uh, but still get beat. Right. So getting all the way down the strip is very, very important. Uh, and these guys, they break it down critically. Yep. I mean, I'm talking by foot, by foot, by foot, all the way down to the finish line. So, yes, important to cut a very good light in drag racing, no matter what series you're running. But that's not all of it. There's right. always more to the story. Right, Dave? Right, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, they have they have ways that they can train. Um, you can go by Yearwood, and there's there's a, a, a light right there where you can actually train. Um, and it's funny because, I mean, you think you're quick, you know, and then you find on there, man, you're... Your your reaction time is really slow, so that uh, high uh, eye um, hand coordination uh, is super important. Uh, so your your winners on Saturday, um, of course, you, Mike Kean uh, won the pro or the uh, the the rods, uh, and uh, Super Pro Lloyd Salverson Jr. Uh, with his dragster got it done in pro. Steve Mays, sportsman uh, Mike Parrish uh, in the junior dragsters, uh, Jada Gallegos. Now, the cool thing was they had a makeup race on Sunday. That's how this turned into a three-day event. What's smart about that is not only did they make up a previous race, but if they would have had weather on either Friday or Saturday, they could have pushed it into Sunday. So that was a really good scheduling. Um, and so the Wally race on Sunday uh, had your, your winners of Ron Rios won both uh, the Pro and Super Pro. Uh, the big difference there is uh, you, what they call uh, uh, electronic timing. Uh, yep. That you can you could dial in and set your set your time, uh, but Ron Rios doesn't have electric, but he could still compete in pro. But it's considered um, a handicap that he doesn't have it. That it's an advantage in the other. So he walked away with the win in both. Uh, Ron Royball won um, in sportsman, uh, Angel Rivera in junior dragsters, and Chris Stringer in motorcycles. Uh, we're going to have an article coming up in the New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine. Uh, in which uh, you know I interviewed uh, some of the motorcycles new division out there. Uh, Law Tigers really involved in bringing that um, to the track. Uh, other news that's out there uh, is uh, the Rowdy movie um, came out, and uh, it, you, I, you had a chance to go see it. I mean, kind of give us a little a little preview on that. Yeah, I got to see it uh, two weeks ago on Wednesday, and it was really cool. I mean, it, very rarely do you get an opportunity to go down to the local movie theater here in Albuquerque and see some racing on right. on the on the big screen. So uh if you haven't heard about it, it it's called Rowdy, which is all about basically the career thus far of Kyle Bush. And anybody that knows anything about NASCAR understands that that has been a rocky road, much like his older brother Kurt. Right. And if anybody saw the Kurt's documentary that came out uh, I think almost, gosh, it's it's got to be like five to eight years old. It it was called Outlaw. It's very similar. 
but this is a full feature film, 90 minutes long, and I believe they're working right now to get it onto streaming devices and potentially uh, for purchase on DVD, Blu-ray, etc. So essentially what happens is they walk you through literally from the first race that he ever ran in a legend car all the way until last year at the end of the season. So it goes through the entire life of Kyle Busch, a lot of really good stories from some very high-profile people that they had on, including Dale Jr., Marty Smith, uh, Jamie Little, a lot of great just behind-the-scenes stories of why Kyle Busch is the way he is. Mm. One of the best personas that we see in the sport, but that comes with, it, uh, it comes with price, to put it frankly. I mean, a lot of people have issues with the way that he reacts when things don't go his way, and the movie is not shy about that. It, it goes deep into the meltdowns that he's had, but it also shows the brighter side, his comeback of coming through two broken legs and winning his first Cup Series title, and then following that up two years later with a second. And then it walks in the very end of the movie. I, I don't want to give anything away per se, but it talks about his life today and how he's able to share the track with his son. Mm. So uh, very good. If you're able to see it, definitely check it out. Love that opportunity. In fact, I saw Jonathan Field and Dominic Aragon there. Uh, and we didn't even know we were all watching in the same theater, but <laughs> go figure out of the right. like 15 people in the theater, right. there were the other two. So <laughs> There was only 15? It, yeah, not a lot of people saw it, but oh, it was kind of hidden. I wish I would have got a ticket. Yeah, I would have been. I, I mean, I, I I didn't know about you know, there was a private screening or anything like that, you know. But uh, but anyway, as a matter of fact, let let's let's hold a little of our conversation for uh, Kyle Busch over to the other side. Also, want to talk a little bit about Tyler Reddick getting um, his first victory. Uh, so hang hang tight. We're going to talk some more rowdy on the other side. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio one zero one seven. The team. Hey Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22 Shell Penzo Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017, the team. Hi, this is Al Unser, four-time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Slope of the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017 the team. we got so much going on, I thought uh, we need to jump back to the Unser Racing Museum event calendar real quick. Uh, to talk about some events uh, going on today and tomorrow, uh, you got a huge slate of stuff there, RJ. Let's uh, uh, w- there's there's rain pending. We got to shorten this race, so let's uh, let's see how we can do getting through this. Uh, get us started on the collector car appreciation. Actually, it's kind of like weekend. Yeah, so it is. I mean, today is known. I mean, world, nationwide as collector as Collector Car Appreciation Day. And the New Mexico Collector Car Cruise is actually going to be part where uh, it's a cruise scenic Rio Grande Boulevard where it's going to be start at the Antique Mall on 4th Street 
It's going to be at 10 a.m. and pretty much they're going to drive through to 1 p.m. through all of uh, North Valley, Rio Grande Boulevard, enjoy the scenery, they're, and then they're going to have a picnic kind of at the end of it at the North Valley restaurant. So it's uh, old estates, fresh farms and ranches, and past playgrounds, a bunch of cool things that the New Mexico Car Council is kind of helping out with. Cool. So it's a cruise to enjoy some great collector cars, which New Mexico has sure a ton of amazing things to see about it. And they've got the uh, fifth annual Giving to the Community Fire and Ice Park. Oh, it's in Grants, because I was like, I don't know where that is. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a best-of show that they kind of have going on, and... It's a great day full. It's given to the community is the main thing about, but they're going to have low riders, pedal cars, motorcycles, uh, 70s and 80s low rider classes, and pretty much just a big old day of family fun, music and food. There's going to be free hot dogs, door prizes, and games. So that's going to be 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at down at Grants. But, hey, it's a good time, and, hey, if you're on the area, bring a blanket or a chair or something to sit in the grass and have a good time. Awesome. Uh, looks like you got one up at Springer today, too. Yeah, Springer. Now, this one came pretty darn quick, where they got last second me, and I don't have much information on it, but just give it a shout-out for the No Road Blocks Car and Truck Show. So it's going to be a good variety. I saw on, like, the cover post, it's, you know, kind of like the old attire Route 66, uh, you know, polka dot dress, and kind of like the full attire Sweet. back in the day. So that's going to be on Springer, but hey, go out, support, and try to find more information, and hey, have a good time wherever you can find a good car show. And and today you got an evening one down in Las Lunas. Las Lunas does have some really cool events, and Las Lunas today is going to have a cruise July 9th. It's going to be from 6 p.m., and it's going to start at the Starlight Theater, and they're going to Heritage Park. And at Heritage Park, they're going to do like a parking show. So it's a little bit of a mix, but it's going to be all car styles are welcome. And it's a great part where you go enjoy a little bit of historic Route 66 through Las Lunas and have a good time. And they've got, I think this is their standard monthly show um, at Rust is Gold tomorrow uh, starting at 9 a.m. Uh, you can uh, bring your car out, show cars, drink some coffee. Um, also, the first annual Grass Station Cruise Hey, two weeks in a row. We're, I mean, no, they've been doing some really good events. They have a bunch of different, you know, different uh, cannabis-related car shows, I believe. But the grass station is pretty much going to have a ton of different categories. It's going to open at 9. From 10 to 2 is going to be a great event. And it's going to be on East Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. But it's free registration. There's going to be entertainment by DJs. There's going to be food trucks on site. And pretty much they're going to have... Classic cars, bikes, imports, low riders, rat rods. I mean, the people's choice and best in show as categories. So it, they're going all out for kind of a grand opening of the grass station as well as a cool car show. So it's a cruise in, go and support, have a fun time if you're out in Farmington. Well, you got to wonder if afterwards, one, are you going to have the munchies or two? Are you not even going to remember? Well, you know what they yeah. say, gas, grass, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Jim Costa, I picture him right now with how he finishes that. Um, but but anyway, uh, last uh, last weekend, Tyler Reddick uh, finally got his first victory. Uh, here's a little bit of the interview after he got that done. The two-time NASCAR Xfinity Series champion yeah! is now a Cup Series winner. So cool to see all these drivers coming by to congratulate him. Brad Kozlowski, who used to be his boss. What were you thinking as you were racing Chase Elliott there for the lead and eventually what wound up being the win? Well, um, I definitely knew he was fast, but we could stay with him on the long run, which told me if we cycled through that last uh, the pit sequence, 
get me close or get around him. Never great shot. Didn't quite get around him. We were within reach, and uh, thankfully just waited for the right opportunity and was able to take advantage of it in turn six. And I thought he was going to run me back down. I, kept, I started to make some mistakes, started to take care of the brakes. I realized I didn't need to. And, uh, yeah, we're in good shape there. What a, what a day. I want to know the significance for you personally. We talked earlier this week. You said, we've got to put together the last 10% of a race. You did that today. Do you sense the playoff pressure, knowing that, hey, our season's on the line here. we got to get it done today. We had to. And uh, what better place than Road America? I love the fans. I love this racetrack. Being here on 4th of July weekend is, is just so special. And just huge shout-out to 3G and the special paint scheme we had this weekend. Love them coming on board this year and taking a chance on a, on a young guy like me. And we got it done. We won a race. Not only is it first win for you, for Randall Burnett, RCR, now RCR in the playoffs as well. Yeah. Randall's been working at this for a very long time, and he's always believed in me. Everyone on this on this team at Richard Childress Racing has believed in me, and I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but, uh, man, this year's been the one step, one mistake away from, from greatness all year long, and we finally did it today. Know, knowing the significance of this moment, what's the party going to be like tonight? I don't know. My neighbor Antonio, shout out to my neighbor Antonio. He's He's got the family and everything over at his house. I feel like we're going to come crash this party. There you go. So in front of the Turn 5 fans here at Road America, Tyler Reddick is a Cup Series winner. The fans love it. So, I mean, Spencer, having, having you sitting here and uh, knowing what it meant to you just last year to get that victory for, uh, for the uh, SEH, and it had been a while, um, and to get that through, I mean, you, you've got to know exactly how that feels to Tyler. Yeah, there's no feeling like your first win in a major series, and you heard the emotion there through that entire interview. Uh, Tyler, this has been a long time coming, yep. too. Yep. I don't think a lot of people realize that. He has not just been fast this year. He has worked really hard to turn that RCR program around, and he has been the leading RCR car. In fact, I would argue one of the leading Chevy cars for quite some time now. So uh, I'm not shocked this happened. I'm shocked that it came so late in the season because he's been there all year long. Yeah, Very happy for Tyler. Very happy for RCR and that entire team because it is well-deserved. And as you said, Tyler Burnett, too. Uh, that is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a bummer that we're kind of tied on time because I feel like we should have given that a little bit more time. We're definitely not going to be able to give as much time to uh, Bush and my own personal um, issues and uh, run-ins with uh, Kyle Bush, but I'm going to leave it at that. At this, because uh, you pointed out um, that the the movie ended, you know, kind of talking about his connection to his son. Uh, and uh, coming up at Little Texas Motor Speedway, September 21 and 20 through 24, uh, Christopher Bell is throwing a micro mania in which uh, Kyle and Braxton Bush are on the card racing together. Um, you have a little experience with uh, Kyle and Micros. Um, I mean, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's going to be a great event. Christopher Bell, everybody knows that name if you know dirt track racing. And Kyle Bush and the Bush family have gone all in with Brexton's racing. They've worked really hard uh, to get him going the right direction and to make him earn it. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Tulsa Shootout, biggest micro race in the world, happens every January right around the New Year's. And Brexton did not transfer in to the main event, but they offered him a promoter's provisional. The Bush family declined that provisional right? because they want to come back this year and have him earn it the good old-fashioned way. 
So like him or not, you have to respect that aspect of it, of him teaching his kid right from wrong, and you have to go earn what you go get. Well, as a promoter, I know exactly why they wanted him in there. Uh, I mean, it was it was more coverage and more for them. Uh, but you do absolutely have to respect that. I mean, um, and I think that that's why I want to give a little bit more time at some point to Kyle Bush because I, I can complain personally uh, about the uh, different things. I mean, I was right behind him or right by him in the you know fight in Phoenix back in what fourteen or whatever. Um, but I will tell you that it's funny because I feel like when you interview Kyle Bush, you have to step up. You have, I mean, you can't just, you know, throw a softball question at him. And so in a way I want another shot at him, you know, so I could see why all these younger drivers want to take a shot at him just to measure up. And, uh, and I appreciate that part. And yeah, it comes with a lot of downside. All right, but there's another great show. We'll have another one for you next week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Your Wood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, the Unser Racing Museum, and Swope Real Estate, here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com and become part of the community. Tune in next week, where your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene, whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it.